0: Welcome to a Blue Collar Special. My name is Samuel.
1: And I'm Aaron. And we have a special guest today, Joey Squeeb Escobel.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Glad to be here, guys. Thanks for having me on.
0: Hey, no worries, Joey. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, we're really excited. So, this is... Um... You're not necessarily our first interview, but still, we are super excited to continue to talk to people to do with this band's history and such. Mm -hmm. So to kind of get us just off the floor, um, so everyone has a point of contact, what is your involvement um, with Starflyer 59? What did you do with the band, etc.?
2: Sure, yeah. So I mainly played the drums for Starflyer 59 from 1998 to about 2002. And I've done some other kind of side things with the band, like like uh percussions, hitting a bongo here and there um yeah but most, mostly drums i I'm, I'm a I was a drummer of starflare fifty nine rock
1: oh, that's did, really cool. How did you get involved in the band in the first place
2: okay, so this is um so this could be a long story. i'm going to try to shorten it up. I was in a band on Velvet Blue music called Jupiter James so i was i think i was around 17 years old when jupiter james signed to velvet blue my little brother was like i think like 14 he wow. he plays yeah so he played the bass on that jupiter james record and jason produced that record called as paul so i got to know jason a little bit uh, recording that record, and soon after that, Matt McCarty quit Bon Voyage, a side project of Jason Martin. He had Julie. You you know all this stuff, but for the sake of the listeners, uh, Julie, his wife, um, was the the lead singer. And when Matt McCarty quit to do, I think it was Driver Eight stuff, Jason asked me to play drums since I knew all the songs already. And Travis, the lead singer of Jupiter James, was now the bass player for Bon Voyage. So it seemed like it was two out of the three members of Bon Voyage just kind of merged into, I'm sorry, of Jupiter James merged into Bon Voyage. Okay. Very nice. So, if we may um,
0: backtrack a little bit, sure. You say you're a drummer. So, um, how did you get into music? Is drums like your the heart of what you do, or?
2: Oh, okay. So this, I'm going to try to shorten this story too. Uh, Basically, uh, my folks, you know, they never never played instruments. My dad noodled around with a guitar a little bit, but uh, I think when I got into it, I uh, I had a like my best friend at that time in junior high. I think 1990 or something. I used to spend the night over his house and we'd listen to classic rock. Um, And that's when I kind of got into like rock music and especially the, the seventies drummers were awesome. You know, all those drum fills, everything was like muffled and, and kind of the big, the big drum sounds back then was, was really cool. But, um, I wanted to play drums because I wanted to impress a girl and, I knew this particular girl in junior high school was kind of going crazy with this, uh, with this band that like this special band that played at my school. And, you know, there was, there was like this, you know, it was 1990 and it was like a, it was like a cover band and they all looked like Zach Morris from Saved by the Bell, you know, so they were all, you know, good looking, <laughs> They're, uh, <laughs> you know the hair perfectly combed and she was going crazy so that's when I thought man you know I I think in order to get attention from girls because I'm not like a jock or anything I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna start playing music and so that's a very very truthful answer because I could have said well I just really wanted to express myself no no no, no. it was it was getting girls I really I, wanted that is a
1: valid, <laughs> totally, <valid. laughs>
2: yeah, I wanted a girlfriend, girlfriend now, you know, so so, um but originally i I wanted to play guitar, but I didn't like this whole music theory thing stuff. so um, I built my my brother a drum like a like a a drum set made out of like buckets and stuff because we were we didn't have a lot of money growing up and and so I asked him to teach me how to play drums. This is my older brother, Phil, and so he taught me some. Some basic drum beats and, you know, like, like Striper songs or some Def Leppard songs, Tesla, like a lot of the glam rock hair bands back then. And that's kind of how everything started. That's when I, I got interested. I kind of learned how to play. I became a Christian, joined a uh, a praise band. So that got me, you know, playing with other people. So that's kind of how it started.
1: Okay. Who were some, did you have some artists that inspired you? Um growing up or now or
2: yeah i mean you know i i liked a lot of the hair rock bands but i want to say yes when i got a lot of i i really i really took music seriously when travis the um the lead guy for jupiter james he um let me borrow oasis uh which one was it was it was it definitely maybe i think it was definitely maybe and okay. What's the Story, Morning Glory. Oh, I love so that one. That's a good album. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. But so that got me. Like, every single song in that record was awesome. I played it. It was the first record I played from start to finish, What's the Story, Morning Glory. And I think Blur, I want to say Park Life Blur, was was. That's an amazing another, album too. <laughs> yeah, another record I'd listened to. Never you know, even heard Red of House, it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Red House Painters, uh, uh, Red, uh, Mark Hoslick. You know like uh i, I want to say those were the three bands i would listen to in the late 90s i would be kind of obsessed about and start thinking about how songs are structured start thinking about how it was written so yeah that's
0: that's really cool now i'm curious you said you got into playing drums around the early 90s mm-hmm. um and star flyer nine came on the scene in 94 and you didn't join the band until 98. So how familiar were you with their music? And was this something you listened to, especially being like a youth group
2: kid or? Oh, so I knew a guy named, well, his name is Chris in high school. And I never, I just became a Christian. I knew he was a Christian. So I, I went to him saying, hey, I'm a Christian now. And we started hanging out. And he said, hey, I'm going to go to this Tooth and Nail Festival, Um and I said, Well, what's Tooth and Now? I was like, oh shoot. So he gives me a catalog. Uh, you know, those really small square ones that brand yes. yeah, and I they would have so like so many albums from those things. Right, yeah. So it was it was like Crux, like like what were some of the bands like Crux, Havilena, um, uh Yes,
1: um, exactly. Driver 8, Daddy Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's it.
2: I think we had the same booklet, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so what happened was um, I'm like, whoa, shoot! I, these guys look awesome. I go to I, I go see the show, and and we see this band called Starflower 59. And Angelo already had a a, a record of Starflower 59. I think he bought the silver record, okay. uh, early. And I went and saw Starflower Starflower 59. And Wayne was the drummer, and he was like speaking French in between songs and, and yes. uh, throwing water on people, and everyone was going crazy. And, uh, and that's when I thought like, well, this, this band's pretty awesome. So Travis tells me, uh, hey, I actually grew up with this guy, I know this guy, Jason Martin, and I uh, did a project with him and recorded on this Tooth & Nail Artcore compilation cd uh, under red timber and the song was called lemonade
1: wait 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 hold on so mm-hmm. that so it was travis and jason that was who did that song yes okay i didn't think i knew that Go ahead. yeah so <laughs> um
2: so he said hey we're gonna learn some of these songs and and we're gonna get a hold of my buddy jason martin and we're gonna basically play in front of him and and hopefully he'll get us onto. originally it was tooth and nail records and then Jason said, "Hey, I'm I'm actually starting my own record label with this guy named Jeff Cloud, called Velvet Blue Music, and would like to sign you with Velvet Blue Music." So that's what happened there. Wait, that Jason is cool. And,
1: I did not know Jason and Jeff created. Yeah, I thought it was just Jeff who created Velvet Blue. Right.
2: It was a it was a partner deal at first. So, um, oh. and it could have just been it could have just been Jason giving Jeff money, and then Jeff. You know, taking the money as an investment to try to build it up. I'm I'm not sure gotcha. exactly how much Jason was gotcha. involved.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Um, good, Sam. And I'm, and I'm okay.
0: So you started playing with the band in '98. I know you originally did live touring. Um, and then we'll we'll get to the record in 2001 and such but how much um, during that span of four years you were with the band did you have any influence over songwriting live shows or aesthetic anything like that or were you just kind of sitting in the back seat enjoying the ride
2: yeah so what happened was i was just going to play shows so wayne was still very much in the band even though he he quit so in 1998 uh I was in the band when Jason and Wayne and Jeff recorded Everybody Makes Mistakes. So I knew that and I understood it. So I thought, like, OK, so so I was in the band and so was Wayne. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, like you were, you were there for live shows, but Wayne was the one re-
0: recording on that record and stuff.
2: Exactly. Yeah. And then after that record, the one that uh, Everybody Makes Mistakes and one Wayne recorded on, that's when Wayne... Quit and and he was kind of gone, forever. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so did it like take you a little bit by surprise? Was you like, oh, I'm recording on records now? Okay.
2: Yeah, yeah. It was yeah because again, I was happy. I mean, I was a big Starflower fan. I was happy just going on tour. You know, um, I want to say a month and a half out of the year. It, it was it was a great vacation for me. You know, I got to see the world for for or the 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 country for nothing for free <laughs> and got yeah. to at to play these cool shows. So um I I say after to answer your, your question, I think after I was settled in the band, and I wanna say with Leave here a stranger mostly, that's when Jason was open to some of some of my uh drum arrangements ideas. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah yeah, for sure. Yeah. And we'll get to that later. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, for, um, but I am you... um... I
0: just want to throw in real quick. We did actually just reviewed um, the easy come easy go album Mm -hmm. where you played live. Mm -hmm. And at first I was I was I thought it was Wayne because it was right during that period. And um, Aaron's like, no, this is this is Joey Escobar. I'm like, oh, it is that's really mm-hmm. good drumming and i was yeah. just surprised and, and not that it, you're good or anything i was just so I hearing wayne after six albums right. or whatever you
2: know oh yeah i get it yeah and that was a i want to say that was recorded at the tom fest like in 1999 or something like that oh wow and i remember my snare really breaking and i had to go borrow uh there was a there was a velvet blue band called like fado that were yeah Canadians, I I yeah,
1: yeah yeah and
2: i had it and he had to go grab his snare really quick and, um, and I, and it was like, it was like a crater, the drum head, <laughs> like, like it was, un, like it was, un, it was not tunable. And, uh, but I was just so happy I had something cause I, cause that snare that I had busted. And, um, but the funny thing about that recording, I was listening to your review on it and, and it totally made sense. I, I was really playing a lot faster and playing a lot like a lot harder at that time because i think i in my mind i was trying to compete with a lot of the hardcore bands a lot of the ska bands and i felt like i had to play like i drive a lot like three times as fast as then than when it was recorded so that and you did it, and you it, did it, yeah I did. <laughs> yeah so that it could spark interest with with you know with with the people and um I just remember that pressure so um but anyway yeah so I did play on that uh, on those live recordings yeah
1: Um speaking of Tom Fest um you have any other like memorable or funny stories um um while you're on tour with the band
2: Oh man there's a lot of dude I got a lot of stories man I'm trying to think Oh so one popped up like probably 6 months ago So I'm trying to get my daughter Uh, Alice to play guitar so I bought her this little orange combo amp you know what I'm talking about like uh, it it was like a hundred bucks and it was an orange amp so I'm setting it up for her and then something triggered in my head because of this orange amp and um, here's the story when I first started this is before our first tour this is back in 1998 Um, I was playing with Jeff and Jason in this rehearsal studio And Jason uh, Had this brand new Orange head um, That he wanted to t- take on the road So um, I decided to have my First cigarette uh, during, that, um, during that Rehearsal uh, To try to act cool, try to fit in or whatever So I was smoking, I happened to set the cigarette Down on the, on the Orange head And forgot about it uh-oh. And burnt a hole. This thing was brand new, guys. Like like right out of Guitar Center.
1: And burnt wow. a
2: hole. Oh, right, no. right in this brand spanking. Not not a not a speck of dust on this thing. And Jason just looked at me and I thought, okay, pack it up. You know, so, much, <laughs> so much for that idea of me being in Starflyer, you know. And thankfully he was cool about it and he got it fixed. And I offered him money. He said, No, don't worry about it. And but oh. I thought for sure like Okay, that's okay. I'm done, <laughs> but wow. I felt bad. It was a beautiful, beautiful head. That's that's <laughs> hilarious.
0: Um, that's
2: uh, I would be so scared. Oh, dude, yeah. I mean, because I was just trying to be cool and fit in, and next thing you know, I I break some. I I I you know I I, that, <laughs> I didn't break it, but I just you know defaced it. You sur- <laughs> well, for sure. You sur-
1: you rooted it. <laughs> yeah.
2: It, it. Yeah. So that's I another mean, story. I, I'm sure I have a few more, but that's, that was my first, like, oh, like a, it's a Larry David moment, you know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is a Larry David moment.
0: <laughs> you also have the really interesting position in the history of this band. Um, you're almost like the first outside player to join the band because up to this point we had andrew larson who helped start the band then mm-hmm. wayne ever already you know he had been touring with them for a while and um jeff cloud was his best friend so you're like the first outsider kind of coming into this band a little bit
2: i think so he i can definitely see how that'd be
0: nerve-wracking <laughs>
2: right yeah and and i think he liked the cool thing about jason is he didn't expect the best as long as as long as you made his life a little easier for example, like, like I knew every Starflyer song up to that point. So if Jason said, Hey, play dual overhead cam, I knew everything. If, you know, uh, play um, Indiana, you know, I knew Indiana. So never, I never, never play I, Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think he appreciated the fact that, uh, that, Hey, I don't have to train this guy. Let's just get this guy in and, and he plays good enough. You know, he's not behind the beat. Like I like it, but you know, let's, let's just start jamming. So.
0: Now, tell us, um, you've mentioned Jupiter James.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Have you played in any other bands um, that you have good fond memories of or you just think is kind of cool to tell us about?
2: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, let's see. It was Jupiter James, Bon Voyage, Star Flyer. Oh, yeah, then um, Hank Floyd was this country band that I kind of started. We, we kind of started it as a project, me and Noah and my little brother Angelo, for a, I think there was a... Uh, a short film, so they wanted a country band and some original songs. So I, so I, I played with with uh, Noah, and then we started playing some live shows, and, you know, started actually getting a <laughs> getting a, a pretty decent audience, and um, I quit Hank Floyd because I I thought Starflower 59 we were going to go on this on this big tour, because um, during Leave Here a Stranger we almost got a, like a two month tour with spiritualized. So I quit all my other bands like map, you know, Hank Floyd. And then I thought we had another tour lined up with mercury ref. This is when all, wow. all his dream came out, right. When they were like huge at their, at their, their biggest moment. So I quit Hank Floyd during that time, just to focus on star flyer, just because I knew things were, were rolling with Starflyer. So, um, but uh but yeah so that was kind of the other projects i've i've played with i recently recorded two years ago with a band called sir canyon and that might be my last studio recording out. it's hard to it's hard to do things up here in idaho if i was out in if i was out, out in la i think i'd have other you know projects to work on but out here not so much well yeah, I'm,
0: i would be curious to know um I mean, this is kind of veering to a slightly separate topic, but with so many people recording um, remotely nowadays and just sending stuff through the internet, do you do a lot of that, or do you still stick to pretty classic, join the studio and do session work that
2: way? Yeah, so I have three screaming kids. It would be really <laughs> hard for me to... to Like, I could invest in microphones. It would be so hard to actually have a quiet room. I have I have a bunch of gear. Like, I have, like old slingerland bass drums like 26 inch ones i have like you know 16 inch bass drums i have different snares i i have all that equipment but it's just so hard for me to actually sit down and think about something to record like so there's a guy named josh um pinkston he was i, I he played for remember august remember that that band guys
1: yeah i heard of them I didn't really listen to them, but I'm familiar with them.
2: Right, yeah. It was, it was around 2001. So he sent me some demos like a month ago, and they sound like really, really good, like amazing. And he wanted me to record drums on them. I'm, I'm like, dude, I don't have a setup here. But he lives in Oregon. He lives in uh, in um, uh, Portland, Oregon. So I said, hey, if you want me to drive six hours to your studio and record, then I'll totally do that. But But here... It's just not going to happen. So, so, and I think it's this. I've kind of lost motivation. Like, uh, you guys probably know what it's like. You have kids. It's just kind of hard to, you know, to get motivated to be, um, uh, creative in that yeah, realm. I have so, for sure. Uh, I
0: mean, you got a life. You got to live it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> sure. And, yeah. But
0: if they,
1: I, if, mm-hmm. I, I um, I was just gonna say. I think you have the state model for Idaho there, Joey. It's harder to do things here. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I'm with you. I have two kids, and I'm just looking at the door, just waiting for them to come running through right now. So, oh yeah, you
2: <laughs> yeah, you get it. Yeah. So, um, if someone asks me to do something, I don't have to necessarily get paid for it. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll go to a studio and do it for for nothing really. So,
1: okay, well, I I I understand that you've done session work in the past. Um, can you share some experience how, how how that works, and if you've met anybody famous while doing that?
2: Okay, so the last thing I recorded, Sir Canyon, I played with Katy Perry's current band. So the the bass player, uh Josh, and the guitar player Patrick were Katy Perry's band, you know. So I actually I was the least talented guy and I didn't play drums for like 10 years before this whole thing, so I had to relearn how to play the drums. And learn how to do oh, in time and stuff. So, <laughs> wow. So, so that was interesting. I got to chat with those guys a little bit, and uh, he was, they were kind of telling me, you know, the, the, uh, the kind of the behind the music playing with really the biggest, the biggest artist in the world at that time, Katy Perry. So, um, I would say that was the most stressful, but I want to say that recording was probably the best drone recording i've ever done since leave here a stranger it wow. you know uh, it was uh, I, I worked with some good engineers and it turned out really good i'll send you guys a link to it i think you guys please do it.
1: please do yeah but the
2: please band do. is sir canyon yeah i heard
1: I, you sent me some of that i do remember it yeah it is it is really good and now uh, sam we're fish so, Two degrees of separation between Jason Martin and Katy Perry. <laughs> I know, right?
0: Like and then really now that we have that connection, there is the sky's a the limit.
1: There's yes, nothing we can't That's everyone. To. That's everyone. Beyonce, uh <laughs> Obama. Like, that whole yeah. I was
2: gonna say most of the of things like that just fall in my lap. It really is God just saying, Here, Joey, do this, do this thing here and simple as that yeah
0: i am curious that um kind of actually plays right into my next question um how much do you feel like um, your faith and such uh, play into your creativity your music the the bands you play in etc so
2: everything i would say every i want to say that every recording session at least probably not every show Whenever I would drive, like in like when I was recording "Leave Here a Stranger," I would it would take fifty minutes, exactly right, to drive from Norco, California, to Westminster, where the green the green room was. And I think I would pray for a whole hour, just asking God, uh, l- "Let me just have a clearer mind. Let me, let me, uh, 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 let me come up with cool things so that I could do well on this record." Because it was it was my first full length record with jason i already played on um the fell in love fell in love in 20 fell in love at 22 ep what'd um, you play on that i played the drums on that one
1: the whole thing
2: uh except for fell in love but the all the rest was was oh. me pretty much yeah I Man, I on, we've already reviewed you, you didn't even realize it yeah yeah, yeah so that I was know. yeah so that was me. that was the first kind of real starflyer recording and you know some some christmas songs i i played drums on the um on that bon voyage holly jolly christmas so that was oh, like my, i love that song yeah. yeah so that so that was me on the brushes there and but but it really was a i mean i was uh, you know i was i was a new christian i was still being sanctified but i really did and still do depend on the lord and and uh, and what the things that i did back then and especially today so um, yeah, all, all glory to God on on anything that I've done worthwhile. So, this has
1: that's been awesome. a good Power production.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's interesting because you you you've played on possibly the most popular Starfire EP, "Fell in Love," and possibly mm-hmm. the most famous um popular album, "Leave Very Stranger." Wow. Um,
2: Pretty awesome. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, that, that's something. What was the most difficult time you have had trying to write or record a song?
2: oh shoot man well i kind of mentioned this um timing so i didn't i didn't really understand what behind the beat meant i just thought okay well just like you know here's a a click track right and Mm -hmm. just play to the click track well you could you could play kind of ahead of the beat on the click track if you were more like you know like plank eye like the early plank eye stuff anyway um uh, or you could play a little bit behind like like Neil Young, like like something where it just kinda the beat kind of drags you a little bit. That's how I remember uh, Aaron, you said you don't really understand it. If if the no. beat kind of drags you, that's kind of behind the beat. Okay. And, okay, so definitely
0: um, like the the shoegazer stuff that Starfire yeah. started with.
2: Yeah, Exactly. Yeah. Like if you listen to like Tom Petty and if you listen, I mean that's all behind the beat and it just kinda gives it's kind of groovy. It's not really like power pop or whatever it's just it's just kind of you're you're in a groove you're kind of in a vibe and so that was difficult for me until i bought the C and cake record called we back in mm-hmm. 2000 i think i think it was in 2000 yeah and and you said yeah the C and cake and oh, yeah yeah and um and what's his name um Oh shoot, I'm gonna I can't believe he was like my hero and I forgot his name. The drummer of the CN Cake uh was the guy in Tortoise, uh McIntyre, like like John McIntyre, I think. And okay. he he was like the king of bringing that vibe. So I'd started listening to that, learning how to play behind the beat, thankfully in time for the Leave Here Stranger record. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's funny you say that
0: because we'll probably comment on this, but I feel like Leave Here a Stranger has almost more of an upbeat sound to it. And maybe right. that's you just playing half a half a beat faster than past. So we'll that talk was, more about that in a bit. But
2: <laughs> right, okay, okay. Yeah, that was me listening to a lot of Ringo Starr. So <laughs> Oh
0: yes, Ringo Starr. I love yep, him. Yep.
2: Um so
0: if we may ask, um, if it's not too personal or whatever, you said you were only with the band for four years. Um, what was your reasons for leaving Starfire Fifty Nine? Oh no, that's
2: that's yeah, uh, that's not personal at all. Don't worry about that. Um, so, so I was playing. I was I was I was really dedicated the the first three years. Things just kind of plateau, and I'm already like I want to say I was like twenty four years old, 23, 24. And just like you guys, you start thinking, well, what am I, what am I going to do with my life here? I need to make a, if I want to get married and have kids, which I wanted to do, um, then I need to go to college and I can't be on the road, you know, like two months out of the year. Even if we, if we were able to get that spiritualized world tour that we're going to do, um, like how much, how much money am I really going to bring home with that? Same thing with Mercury Rev. And um, so I just had to start thinking, you know what, I, I really got to start going to college, start thinking about what I want to do. It was nothing that Jason, I think Jason did really, really well. Um, and you guys, I'm sure you guys would agree with me, from Silver all the way to that point, he all the way to to leave here a stranger. Um, he did really, really well managing that group. And at, <laughs> Yeah, more than, great. It,
1: more than great. Oh yeah.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. And and just mm-hmm. like Wayne, I heard I heard your interview with Wayne. I I would I would echo him saying, like, look, we gotta I I, I really can't afford it. I I gotta make a change. So so I gave Jason a six month notice and he was kind of bummed about it. And I think he let me go a little bit earlier. And uh, was able to bring Frank Lens in. So yeah, so it wasn't any sweat off of Jason's back when I quit. So he he inherited uh, uh, the best the best drummer ever. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> arguably, absolutely. Oh yeah. Um, looking back um, about on your music career, how do you feel about it?
2: Oh man, it was man. Like I said, every every opportunity I had in music was a gift from from the from the Lord. Um, even the Jupiter James stuff, meeting Travis, just fell in my lap. The Bon Voyage stuff fell in my lap. Uh, the Starfly stuff fell in my lap, you know, and the Hank Floyd. Everything was just um, uh, orchestrating in such a way that I could only give glory to God and everything I did. So I did quit kind of on a on a high note, which was good. I thought, yeah. I, I thought, you know, after the Hank Floyd record and, and the Starfly record, it was kind of like I kind of peaked at that point and I cashed everything in and I went to school and, and I, I could look back and say, hey, everything there was really fun, awesome moments. What'd
1: you go to school for?
2: Um, I went to school originally for electrical engineering and I ended up... Um, I ended up being a, uh, a software engineer, which was a little easier. So <laughs> awesome. awesome. Actually, this is a funny story. If you want another funny Starflower story, sure. Go so ahead. I was I was on tour with Death Cab for Cutie and Pedro the Lion. So it was Pedro the Lion headlining, Death Cab and Starflower 59, right? What? So that would be a concert. I would love. Oh my
1: yeah. god,
0: I would sell my mom. To yeah, go that, that would that be a killer show. concert. I didn't know <laughs> Death Cab ever toured with those. I guys. didn't either.
1: I didn't oh, either. oh
2: this, the story gets better, so <laughs> I was taking electrical engineering classes, and I would go do a sound check, and we'd all kind of hang out in the back, so I'd kind of go into another room and start doing my my electrical engineering homework. Well, two of the guys from Death Cab, I don't know their names, but um, he, they say, "Hey, what are you doing?" I said, "Oh, I'm just doing some homework well what you, what are you doing uh electrical engineering He's like, "Oh dude, we're all electrical engineers and <laughs> <laughs> and let me, here, let me let me help you out. So, so two out of, the, out of the out of the three guys sat down and helped me with my electrical engineering homework on that tour. And they're I like, am
0: not surprised at all that they're like yeah, engineers. engineers. Oh man, and they
2: were, yeah, and they were like fighting with each other. Like, no, dude, you know the resistance is this. No, 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 the you know, you know the you know, the uh, you know the voltage is this. When it when he reached, it, I mean, he was he was literally like they were they were kind of having. You know, fun engineering nerd moments fight. while doing nerd my fights. homework. So, <laughs>
1: nerd, nerd fights. Oh, one more question. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a surprise. We did prepare you for this. Do you, mm-hmm. What's your favorite Starfire album?
2: Oh, Americana.
1: Wow, you didn't have to think about it. Americana.
2: <laughs> yeah. So Americana Why? had, in my opinion, you guys might disagree, but had just it was a perfect blend. Eric Appizano, Wayne Everett, and Jason. I don't know what happened, you know, in writing the songs, uh, producing them, and then having, of course, um,
1: Gene Eugene,
2: uh, Gene Eugene, you know, engineering and producing it. It was just the perfect blend. Those organs. Uh. Uh, I mean, everything that said, every single song sound, sounded awesome. It rocked. I loved playing all those songs, like, or the songs that I loved playing live, the most were Americana songs, like The Translator and... And all of that, um, Americana. Yeah, that's that's my that's my vote.
1: I can't argue with it. I mean, for me, it's between Americana. Um, um, everybody makes mistakes and leave here a stranger, depending on the day. Mostly right. leave here a stranger though.
2: <laughs> not not just because I'm here, right? <laughs> right?
1: If you listen to our previous podcast, you'll know.
2: <laughs> okay. Yeah,
1: we've uh, we've
0: had some we know when we finally get to the end of this podcast in two years we're gonna have a glorious episode of just arguing over the best um album
1: okay yeah <laughs> it's me argue with myself because i still don't know <laughs> Dude,
2: there's a lot of great words man there's so many good starfly records i think i stopped listening after after old because i i got into school and i just kind of stopped listening to music in in general but but um yeah, I got to say Americana out of out of that stretch up up from, I can't from argue Silver.
1: With it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so the means I I'm totally okay with that, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, uh, um Joey, before we uh take a break here and jump into reviewing the album, do you have any last um notes, comments, shout-outs, anything at all? Oh, uh,
1: yeah, anything you're working on or mm-hmm. anything right now? Uh
2: nothing really. No. No, I'm I'm working on trying to be a good husband and father uh trying to do well at work and and uh just trying to uh you know kinda kinda lead lead my family uh to the Lord and trying to you know trying to get some good content and uh, uh get some good content into them and like uh, by reading books and and trying to just trying my hardest to you know to be a all those things. Okay.
1: Yeah. Well, That's awesome.
2: Okay.
0: And um, I especially like that because um, one of the reoccurring themes in Jason's music in this podcast is just um, blue collar, man. It's all mm-hmm. about just living everyday life and working hard. Sure. So yep. I appreciate that a lot.
1: That's what I was going to ask you. I just totally blanked. Oh, man. I hope it comes back to <laughs> me later.
2: <laughs> and Jason, I'll I... tell you, Jason's, I mean, talk about, uh, and you probably knew that. I mean, there's definitely a Christian christian overtones in his in his in his music but he's a solid christian guy you know um he's a big rc Sproul fan and um he loves he just loves good theology and um i haven't talked to the guy in years but i i assume it's it's the same you know i mean he's a he's a good godly guy so from
1: what i hear yes he's still the same okay yeah.
2: <laughs> it's something woman.
1: about americana it's something about americana and i can't remember now Oh, it's going to bug him. (laughs) It's going to bug me.
0: (laughs) Joey, thank you so much for letting (laughs) us interview you, man. It's been a blast, a joy, a pleasure. I've enjoyed it greatly.
2: Yeah, me Uh, too. I enjoyed it too, guys. Thanks for uh, taking interest. I appreciate that. No worries. All right. Well,
0: guys, um, we'll be right back in a few
1: minutes. For like five, what? Five, ten minutes? What do you guys think?
0: I mean, for our listeners, it's going to be literally them clicking
2: off of this episode
1: and clicking on the next I know. Next I'm, one, talking so. <laughs> I'm talking about for us. Um, I'm talking about for us.
2: I'm pumped, guys. So like, right, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just stay online right now. And if you guys need to take a, a break, I'll just, I'll just stay online here. Sounds like a plan. Okay. All right. Um, Thank we'll, you guys we'll so around. much I'll for listening. It. All right. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Bye.
0: This has been a Brothers Bye. King Media production.